Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous of gratitude everybody today we have f scott on the podcast to talk to you guys about his journey to pt school what he's up to now you have your phd so thanks for coming on the podcast f scott yeah i'm uh so happy to be here i can't thank you guys enough for having me on i love the podcast i love what you gals are doing so keep up the great work um yeah, just excited, really excited for you guys and for, for having me on. So thank you so much. Oh, of course. And this has been a long time in the making. So we're glad that you're finally on and we're so excited yeah. to get chatting. So first of all, for everyone who doesn't know you, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what got you into physical therapy? Yeah, my journey is uh, probably one of the furthest from a straight line into physical therapy that you could imagine. Uh, I was an English major at Wake Forest University, and, um, you know, I, my dad was an English teacher for 30-some-odd years on Long Island there, hence the name F. Scott Field. Uh, he named me after F. Scott Fitzgerald. However, his first name was Francis, and my dad didn't really want to name me that, so he just left it as the letter F, which is cool until you turn 16, and everything's first name, middle initial, and uh, everything gets screwed up as far as, like, you know, your your legal documents and uh, your mail and all that, it just kind of out the window. So I golf and bowling. So I had a lot of free time on my hands and uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I knew it wasn't in English. I didn't want to read. I didn't want to write. And I, I definitely didn't want to edit or anything like that. I wasn't really into teaching at the time. So I thought, okay, well, if those are, you know, my options, like I'm screwed here. Like, what am I going to do? So luckily I had so much free time on my hands that I was able to volunteer at the hospital there in Winston-Salem and they put me in the PT department. So uh, what I was able to do was, was really look and see what physical therapists did on a day-to-day -day basis. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I could definitely see myself doing this. So then I looked at the prerequisites and I was like, nope, I don't have that one. Nope don't have that one. Nope, don't have that. So I had, you know, five or six prerequisites that I had to, to take in order to even get into PT school. So I graduated in four years with a BA in English. Um, and then I took a whole nother year of just math and sciences at Greensboro University up the road while I was still living in Winston-Salem there at Wake Forest. And uh, yeah, after that, um, I applied to PT school. Uh, I got into East Carolina University um, and it was a master's at that time. Um, and so <laughs> I went through the master's program, which was a two-year program. And then on our second year, they offered us an optional transitional doctorate if we stuck around for the third year. 
Um, and they only offered it for two years because after that it was transitioning into a full on three year doctoral program. So I said, all right, well, I'll stick around and do that. That sounds like a good thing to do, the right direction for the field and for my profession. I'll, I'll, I'll get the doctorate, you know? So in that year, um, a lot of stuff started happening, you know, with family and just, you know, where I was at and, you know, my dad kind of got sick and ended up passing away and I wasn't able to complete the doctorate. I ended up not going back to present my poster, my research. Um, I, I didn't pass my board exam for the first couple times. So I had to wait a full year in order to even take it again. Uh, and in that time, the window of opportunity closed for me to get my transitional doctorate through ECU. So I was like a lost wandering soul at that point. Um, and I didn't really know what to do. So I, I got a job as a PT tech uh, in Charleston. And I was living, uh, you know, with with my mom at the time, just to help her out a little bit as well around the house. And um, You know, in that time, I was studying for my board exam, waiting for the time to pass when I could actually take it again and eventually what ended up happening was I had to walk past the room where my dad passed away every morning in order to clock in at the hospital where I worked and uh, that got to be just like so grueling and demanding on me mentally and emotionally that I didn't even think I wanted to go into physical therapy anymore I was just so down on the field and burned out before I even became a PT that I, I really just I didn't know what to do um Luckily, on the weekends, I was a caddy out at uh, Kiowa at the Ocean Course and at two of the private courses out there. And those weekends when I would go out and caddy was great because I could just turn my mind off and just, you know, walk the golf course and chat it up with the golfers. And so, you know, a lot of those conversations that I had with a lot of doctors and lawyers and people that were really, um, you know, prominent in the Charleston area, they really pushed me to get back on the horse and just say, look, you know, you know what you need to do, like, just go ahead and do it. Uh, you know, and I know my dad would have wanted it that way. So I, I you know, I did, I, I bucked back up, I got on the horse, and I, you know, took the exam again, and eventually I passed it. And uh, yeah, from there, it was just a matter of, all right, now what? So uh, I went out and I traveled for a year. Um, I ended up in the middle of nowhere, Texas, at a small skilled nursing facility for a couple months. Uh, and I really did that almost as a favor because I, they, the company that I worked for told me if I did that, they would get me out to Hawaii for my next contract. So, and they did. I was out in Honolulu, Hawaii for about five months uh, doing home health. And then I settled up in Asheville, North Carolina for a couple months doing home health as well. And uh, eventually I moved back into Charlotte and lived there for a couple of years and started uh, life as an outpatient therapist for a while. And uh, all the while I was doing this, I had actually entered St. Augustine's uh, transitional doctorate program, which was great because they took some of my credits from ECU and really knocked it down to a, you know, a, a manageable amount of time. Um, I finished the transitional doctorate while I was in Charlotte there and the head of the educational doctorate program at, at, at St. Augustine had approached me and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing your EDD and teaching some at some point? I said, no, not really. Uh, it's just not something I'm interested in. And he said, well, two of the courses or three of the courses that you took for the transitional doctorate overlap the educational doctorate. So you'd knock it down from a four-year program to a three-year program. And I said, well, you know, I guess if, you know, my hands give out and I can't do manual therapy or my back gives out or my knees go out, eventually I could teach. I could kind of fall back on teaching if, if I wanted to. So I 
joined the EDD program and, you know, three or four years later, finished that up. Uh, just finished that recently, actually. I graduated in uh, December of, uh, I guess, 2018. Um, and yeah, it's been a, a wild journey ever since. I still don't know what exactly I want to be when I grow up. I don't know what I'm going to do with those doctoral degrees, but uh, I'm trying my hardest to navigate my way through it. That's an incredible story for everybody listening. <laughs> and I think it's so cool because, you know, everyone's journey is not straight and narrow. And we love hearing people's stories who, you know, you have a windy road and that's perfectly normal. And people, students specifically, don't know that. They feel like they're abnormal if they don't have the straight and narrow. And that's just not the case. So appreciate hearing your story. Yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm definitely a wanderer. That's for sure. But uh, so far, so good. It's been working out. Yeah, that is so amazing. And like, it's so, it's so cool to kind of see where you are today. And like you said, the, the wind and the narrow and windy has led to where you are today. And what, um, so going more into what you're doing with your platform, what kind of got you started um, on doing that and co-hosting a podcast because I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but you um, co-host a podcast, which is, I would say it's very prominent in the PT world. And if you want to talk more about that. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I'm a co-host of the healthcare education transformation podcast. And that was kind of started uh, with Brandon Pone and myself. Uh, you know, I was in my educational doctorate program at the time. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to teach and I just didn't have a good feeling about education. And I've seen a lot of red tape and politics and, you know, bickering amongst the department and just not a lot of great stuff out there in the world of academia. And so I was, there was a brief period there where I was a little worried about, you know, what am I doing in this program if I don't want to teach, you know, like if I don't want to go into academia, what am I going to do with this EDD? So uh, Brandon Pone was kind of on the same route. He was uh, not, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I think he was a little bit let down with his educational experience through his DPT. Um, and he just wanted more. He wanted to learn more. He wanted to be better. He wanted to push himself. Um, and I think in doing that, he, he was searching for somebody who had a similar experience or a similar feeling as him so that we could get together and, you know, ask the, the right questions on, okay, if the educational system is broken, which we think it is, how can we fix it? How can we make it better? We're not experts. We don't know. But if we got a podcast together, we could ask the experts. And so, you know, 200 episodes ago and two and a half some odd years later, uh, Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast is uh, going strong. We've added another co-host, Stephanie Wyrock, who is absolutely amazing. Um, just one of the brilliant minds in, in the world of physical therapy and does amazing things in, in the world of the APTA, which is good because it kind of balances out uh, me and Brandon's skeptical views on, on the straight and narrow and the APTA. Um, you know, I've been an APTA member now for, let's see, 12, about 15 years or so. I think I got my pin somewhere, 15 or 16 years. And, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of all their, you know, with what they're doing. Um, and it's not their fault a lot of the time. It's just a large ship and it takes a long time to turn it and write it. Um, and anytime they want to do something, they got to go through a lot of processes and a lot of people to get there. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I support them just because I think it's the right thing to do. Um, 
you know, but overall, again, Brandon and I went into this looking for answers. Like we knew we weren't the ones to to give the answers because we just, neither one of us is taught enough to, to really know what we were talking about. So we just said, let's just go out and get all the experts to come in. We'll talk about every possible healthcare provider and what kind of schooling they go through. We'll learn best practices from dentists and nurses and doctors and chiros and PTs and PAs and NPs, just everybody we could think of. And, uh, you know, we'll just interview them. We'll see what they loved about their school, what their programs look like. Um, and since then, it's kind of morphed a little bit to more specific and niche topics, um, just about, you know, fellowships and residencies and board exams and just everything we can think of about academia. And, uh, you know, it's been good because we've learned a ton in the making. Uh, and, and that learning process has kind of helped me to grow PT Educator into what it is now. So pteducator.com is my website. And that, that started out as just a general knowledge, you know, health and wellness knowledge website. I just wrote blogs. I wrote a blog every day for a year, every weekday for a year, um, just to see if I could do it, you know. And it was just things I saw in the clinic that day or, you know, one tip or one tactic or just something trying to make it easier and see if I could find ways to tell a story and, and explain something to the general public, you know, make it a little easier for them to understand. And uh, in doing that, I've kind of progressed now to the, the point of, okay, I think I know who I want to help. I want to help terminal degrees, PhDs, EDDs, DSCs, um, and, and healthcare clinicians too. I think DPTs are in the same boat, but it's, you know, the top of the, the, the line here, the, the people with the, the highest level of degree generally have the most student debt. You know, we have the most, the highest level of student loans, and yet we're, we're not getting paid the same amount. Like, you're almost taking a pay cut to work in academia at times, uh, you know, so it doesn't seem right that the people with, you know, the most degrees or the highest level of degree are making less money and having larger amounts of student loans. So, my goal has been, uh, I've been working on a book now that'll be out by year's end uh, called PT Educator Student Debt Eliminator. And it's basically the way that I've chosen to take several different avenues of income and several different uh, revenue streams for healthcare clinicians and academicians um, so that they can pay off their student loans a little bit quicker. Um, so that's my mission. That's what I've been working on for the last uh, couple of months and I, I can't wait to launch it all and get it out there to the public because uh, it's been a fun ride. The last three years, I'll say, I've kind of dabbled in, in many, many streams of income and revenue to see what worked and what didn't. I had to get my hands dirty. I had to find out. And, uh, you know, I finally got a process that I think is working for me. So I'm going to throw it out there and hopefully, you know, it's not going to be like a do all this stuff and you'll get rich quick. That's not really how it works. It's, it's more of a, um, an idea generator and kind of opening your mind to the possibilities of how you could connect point A to point B. And we're so excited to see your product, your final product. And, you know, it's going to be huge and I'm so excited. And I think the students listening to like figuring out multiple streams of income is something really important for everybody, especially DPT students. Yeah, we're having problems with the debt to income ratio uh, with our profession. And, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the right number is. I just don't think it really matters. I think 
bottom line, I'm taking an approach of I'll have $140,000 now in debt for undergrad all the way up through my educational doctorate. And I'm taking full responsibility for it. I took the loans out. I wanted the education. I got it. Um, and now I need to pay those back. But I'm almost trying to take it in a gamification point of view and, and then a gamification aspect and trying to pay it off as quick as possible and as aggressively as possible. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's not fair to my family to, to have to worry about these loans that I took on for, you know, 12 years or 15 years, however many years I was in school. Um, you know, so my salary is what it is and I love it. It's, you know, I love the profession. Physical therapy is a great job. Um, if I go into academia, same thing. I mean, it's, you know, finding the right fit, I think, but you know, that salary to me is kind of meant to, to take, you know, care of the bills and, and the food and the roof over your head and the clothes and everything that you need to, to get by on a day-to-day -day basis. My goal is to start these other streams of revenue and these other avenues of income so that, you know, those can be put directly toward the student loans and then take away from my normal uh, everyday routine. So, so far it's been working pretty well. Um, you know, I, I'm not a student loan expert by any means. Uh, I leave that up to Joe Ranke and Fitbucks. Uh, those are the guys to go to to talk about your strategies and how to pay your stuff back. I just know, you know, what I tried to do was uh, go back on the student loan repayment, um, the income-driven repayment plan, which brings my costs uh, for federal loans down real low, spread it out over 30 years or whatever it may be. And then me just try to take all the money that I'm making through the different streams of revenue and apply that directly to the loans so that I'm hopefully able to pay it off in three to four years. That would be yeah, outstanding. I, I love that. <laughs> that is so amazing. And knowing that you can have multiple streams of income and be able to, like you said, aggressively pay off those loans, but we'll add definitely go see um, Fitbucks for that because they will help you with, with all of that. Um, they are the best at it for, uh, for students, but no, that is, that is so great. And I absolutely love what you, um, Brandon and, and Steph have built with HET and really like providing value. And um, especially for, for people who have their terminal degrees and um, yeah, so really excited for that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if you want to get into teaching and if you love and you just want to be a professor, like we've got a lot of resources that are, you know, going to be coming down the pipeline for you. And, and a lot of our podcast episodes really help handle a lot of those questions. And we always encourage our audience, if you ever have any topics you want to talk about or questions addressed, please reach out to us because we're very accessible on, on social media. We want to do episodes that our audience wants to hear and that they want to know more about. And we'll, we'll be glad to seek out those guests and make sure those questions get answered. But, you know, it, there's so many different levels of education and teaching that, you know, I, I personally, that's when I got afraid was like, oh, I have to go into academia. Well, no, not so much. Like there are other avenues, right? You can be a clinical instructor. You can be a CEU teacher right and teach continuing education courses you can be an adjunct professor like I've been doing uh, you know you can you can be a lab instructor you can you know there's so many different ways to apply education I think at the end of the day you know we're really all educators right I mean at PTs at, at their very root 
have to educate patients as to why we're doing what we're doing, why they need to continue on with things, right? What is an exercise for? What is a home exercise program for? What is a diagnosis? You know, all that stuff. We have to educate on a daily basis anyway. So whether it's in the classroom or if it's, you know, out at a CU course or something like that, at the end of the day, I really do feel like we're all educators. So now it just becomes a matter of, okay, what can I do with that education? Like if you truly love it and are passionate about educating, you should try to incorporate that into your, your daily routine somehow. We are all educators and I actually have not heard that before, but I think it's so true. Even as students, we have to educate each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how you know you, you've mastered something, right? When you can teach it back to somebody else with, with you know, pretty good results. Like, that's when you know you've really mastered it. So, yeah, even as students, I would say we're educators for sure. And for all the students who are listening, what pieces of advice would you give my biggest piece of advice is always that physical therapy should really just be the tip of our iceberg, right? I feel like that it's such a great profession and, you know, it, there are so many avenues and aspects that you can get into. There's so many specialties, subspecialties. There's just so much out there that we can do that it shouldn't just be going into a clinic nine to five and, and swiping your badge and collecting a paycheck. You know, it shouldn't just be going into the hospital and seeing eight patients and then going home. It can be, I mean, if that's what you want to do and that's what you love, that's totally fine. But, you know, we can apply our knowledge and our education to so many different aspects. Um, and that's why these multiple revenue streams have been really fun to examine because I've done things like some of the courses I've created are, you know, fantasy football injury review course where it kind of goes over injuries that can happen during the year and then their return to play, right? Uh, I've done a course on video game injuries and how to prevent those for esports athletes and, and video gamers. Um, you know, I've got a course with David Bailiff on how to start your own mobile therapy business. Um, you know, the, the, the I've worked on other courses with other people too, where it's just like, you know, things that I don't know anything about. Stephen Dunn, for instance, has a Pilates course that I worked on with him. I knew nothing about Pilates, but that's why I accepted the the challenge was to go and to learn about Pilates and to actually go as the as the student not as the educator and that in that case and that I learned a ton about Pilates um, I've done a lot of consulting work right where I've gone to local businesses and I've done injury prevention and wellness courses um, you know you can consult over whatever your specialty is or whatever your expertise is um, you know education you can teach you can teach CEUs you can teach um, you know adjunct if you want just a course or two here or there you can teach full-time uh, you know there's just so many ways to apply our education in physical therapy that you know I think if you keep it too close-minded and too narrow-minded that you're, you're going to miss a lot of the opportunities that are out there so you know I always just say like you know PT is just the tip of our iceberg there's a ton out there we just need to apply it yeah, that is so true. Like there, there's so much out there and still stuff that we don't know about. And we're continuing to learn as we're, as we're going through school and even when we're graduated and uh, practicing clinicians, but yeah, there, there is so much and there are so many things you can do to, uh, to really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, to have multiple streams of income and, 
I think what, what you're doing and the courses that you've made uh, has, has helped a lot of people. Um, but, okay, now I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> That's I'm all okay. the place today. Don't worry about Understand. it. Understand. <laughs> so the last main, the last main, <laughs> the last question that we have for you is um, where can people reach out to you if they have more questions about what you've been up to and how they can get connected? Yeah, the easiest way is just to go to pteducator.com. That's got all of my social media handles and stuff on it. Uh, like I said, I'm relatively accessible there. I'm always looking to help people and problem solve uh, and figure things out if they, they need any help with things. Um, and then listen to us on the Healthcare Education Transformation Podcast. Um, we'd love it if you, you know, gave us a rating and a review. That always helps podcasts uh, grow. And, uh, you know, again, if there's any topics you want to hear about or if there's any questions that you have, please reach out to me or Brandon or Steph. We'd, we'd love to to help find an answer to what you're looking for in the world of healthcare education, because, you know, we got to start breaking down these silos and, and, and reaching out to other healthcare professions and trying to work collaboratively, because that's the direction I think that we're heading anyway, especially if we go with more population health stuff. So now's the time to start learning about everybody's uh, journey and their education and, and how we can try to find best practices across the, uh, the different healthcare providers. So, that's, uh, that's where I'm hanging out these days. Come find us. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's been so long and we're so excited that we finally got to chat and I know we'll chat again soon. So thank you so, so much. Absolutely, ladies. Thank yeah. you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank course. you, F. Scott. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.